you know, if it's not perfect, it's not perfect. It'll be, it'll sound perfect to me. Well, just like the voices in your head. (laughs) Jump, Billy, jump. (laughs) You can make it. (laughs) Gravity's just in your head. Is that what we're talking about? We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about taking pictures. Taking pictures. It's Tuesday. So we're talking about taking pictures. Uh, it is on taking pictures. It is the uh, the photography show that never sleeps. <laughs> right? Some people actually think we don't sleep. Right. They get I very upset when the sh- uh, they get very oh. upset when the show's not up on Tuesday. Right. Exactly you know, the we, right time. It, it, we should just do like a like a, a week long like a Truman Show kind of thing where it's just always on for a week. Please do not even <laughs> offer that. <laughs> There's going to be some crazed fan that's going to yeah. write us and actually yeah. suggest that that should happen. Weathersby and Bail were just yeah. fainted simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to offer to fly out here. One one with a camera on me, one with a camera on you. That's right. That's right. Uh, All right. It's episode 181. And uh, this episode is brought to you by... What is it brought to you by? We'll get to that. We'll get to who it's brought to you by. Hey, oh, I forgot to add something to the notes. All right. I went to breakfast on Friday. Oh, well... Clutch the pearls. No, I went to Breakfast New York. The people who made the fl- the threadboard. Oh, okay, okay. I went to there's. I went to the studio on Friday and I nice. checked it out in person. Nice. And hung out with Zolti, Andrew Zolti, who was like one of the founders, huh. uh, for for like a good hour and talking through like all the problems they had and the solutions they came up with, and it was fascinating. It was super cool. Wow, fun. Uh, yeah, it was totally cool. And I, cause I'd been meaning to go and it had been on my to-do list and, and, uh, and I kept forgetting. And then I wrote them and I was like, is it too late to come by? They're like, no, totally come on by. So, uh, yeah, totally cool. Cause it's there in person. Cause they just had the camera yeah, on yeah. it where it was. So it's still there. <laughs> you want to, uh, why don't you do it today? You, you tell the, you tell the kids who we are. Uh, we are on taking pictures, uh, a, a photography podcast. I am Bill Wadman. You are Jeffrey Sidoris. Uh, oh yeah. So wait, but that means I'd have to come up with some sort of name for you. Right. And with me today. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Let me buckle in. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know Walker's had straps like that. Oh, Oh. there it is. The elderly. Yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so breakfast, it was cool. That's kind of cool. It was totally uh, cool. I I installed windows 10. I upgraded to windows 10 finally. And, And how was that? You know, <sighs> better than Windows 8? It is better. It looks better than Windows 8. but Not as good as Windows 7. I, I, I still think they just need to start over. Okay. You know, it's still got that same kind of clunky, under the hood, yeah, the upgrade is you, system. You, you, you go two levels down and you're back to old Windows. Yes. Kind of stuff. Yes. You've still got DLLs everywhere. You know, I only use Windows as a gaming box. Yeah. I use Windows as my gaming machine. And it still is, is wildly frustrating that every game has to install its version of DirectX, its version of the Visual C++ toolkit. You know, there, there should be these shared libraries. That stuff libraries. doesn't just happen on Steam. No, no it's all installed separately. 
There should ah. be shared libraries that then uh, th these these features and functions are are pulled as needed. Every single thing should not have to to reinstall. It's it's just clunky. Behind I agree. The scenes. I, I will, however, say that in Mac OS has its own problems, like a file system that is twenty five years old, and you know, sure, sure, it has bit um, rot. I, I will say in its in its defense, it is it is probably the fastest version of Windows that I've used. Really? Uh huh. Feels faster yeah. than seven, even. Feels faster than seven in in just in the in the couple days that I've spent gaming on it. Uh, it's a more responsive, starts up faster. I'd be uh, interested to see how it responds to high DPI displays because they had that weird window scaling thing for mm -hmm. the past few versions, which kind of worked but was clunky and made fonts look weird and everything was kind of right. like off yeah ultimately it, it just what it feels like is it, it do you remember when window managers were all the rage sure it, it feels like somebody just slapped a slick window manager on legacy code yeah yeah the thing so. is that the, the foundation of of windows like the nt kernel and all that stuff that stuff's great and fine Mm -hmm. It's the stuff on top of it. It's like the Win32 and the right, you know, that right. stuff. You still have program files. You still have program files x86. You st I mean, there are still yeah, these yeah, yeah. weird sort yeah. of directories that are yeah. that are you know seemingly orphaned. It's just it just feels very <sighs> clunky behind the scenes. Tough to get away from that stuff though. Yeah. Starting over. Yeah. Well, I mean, look it. It took it took Apple four years, three or four years to make the transition to OS 10. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they, they also had the advantage a, of moving straight over to a Unix system, which had been around for 30 years mm -hmm. at the time, you know. I'm kind of surprised that Microsoft didn't do something similar and go to a, 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 a more straightforward Unix kernel. Well, it, I mean, you could argue that around 98, 2000, when they switched to the NT kernel, they did their own little version of it. It's it's all the stuff that's on top of that. It's the stuff that they need to run Win32 apps. Mm -hmm. It's that code from like the early 90s, which right. they and feel they, they'll like never they can't just give up. leave everyone behind yeah, and just say, just, look, we're starting over. Right, because you can still run apps from 1988 on your Windows 10 machine. Right. It's like, right. well, you know, because certain people still need that crap, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a different philosophy, but now you can game. So you know. now I could, yeah, well I could before I just, you know, thought it was worth upgrading. And, and, and it is on several levels. And now you may have to do it all over again. If you install Clover, I guess, no, you uh, can just point Clover. will just find the windows drive and just show. Yeah. Show it's a it separate a, drive. It's yeah. a separate drive. It's yeah. not a, a partition. That's a whole other conversation we can have one day. We got, yeah. we should, we should do another little Hackintosh episode and talk about the Clover transition stuff. We should uh, when Skylake chips yes, are Yes, definitely when Skylake chips I, I think are I will be building a new machine then. Okay. Yeah, me too. So that would be fun. You, maybe we should do that. Do a, We'll do a build process, maybe a couple over a couple episodes. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. We're going to bore half the people, but the other half will be fascinated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we talking about today? AKA an average week for us. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, okay. So last week you mentioned that you had this idea of discussing personal websites versus sort of external platforms like mm -hmm. Instagram mm -hmm. and medium and all these different things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, which I think is a great topic. Uh, did you have anything specific you wanted to, to, to use as a preamble? 
not not as of yet. I mean, I have a couple things, but I'd like to kind of just see where we end up because we may, you know, oftentimes one or the other of us just kind of gets there for the other. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So let's just dive in. I, you know, I have mixed feelings about all of this. Um, I, the, my problem with I, I like the idea of everything being on. I like the idea of platforms where you can have these communities of people that you wouldn't necessarily get to come to your, say, website. Mm -hmm. What worries me is that every single one of the platforms that we could list from the last 10 years has at one point or another gone under or disappeared. You know what I mean? Sure. And so we do all this stuff to invest all this time and energy in Instagram or Facebook or Medium. And then three years from now, people are like, wait, remember that thing called Medium? And all of your data is gone, you know, Um, that is my big worry whenever it comes up, uh, whenever I'm thinking of doing stuff on a lot of those different platforms. And and, you know, you could argue whether or not it even matters nowadays with Snapchat and all these kinds of things where the stuff sort of disappears in two days anyway or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's just does anybody care about a post that you wrote three years ago now or something you put up? See how we are? This is this is one of the things that I wanted to get to was okay. the idea of of archive and the idea of, you know, once it's been up anything yep. uh, for a month or so. Yeah. Does, do, the, the Internet collectively has moved on. Your audience, chances are, uh, has moved on. Yeah, but at the um, same time. With the exception of maybe photographs or something like that. I'm talking about more more the written word than than art or photography or something sure. that, that maybe people go back and look but at. But at again. the same yeah. time, you know, you and I were sitting here doing research on Skype stuff this morning and I pulled up at least 10 pages that were written two or three years ago. Right. So these things do exist and people do look for them. You're just not going to get 10,000 people looking at them every day like you were before. You know, right. like isn't isn't the isn't the history uh, going backwards in all the stuff that we create as important as what we're putting up today? I think it is. I mean, it, it look personal use case. Um, and we've talked about this a couple of times, but I'm I'm sort of putting uh, a timeline together of my digital life, of my digital career. And it's it's very difficult because. 10, 15 years ago, I didn't have the foresight to save high res screen caps of everything that I did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, as we have talked several times, all of that work is gone. Oh, yeah. In fact, you know, funny, I was going through some old like web flashy kind of things that I had done years ago, a few Mm -hmm. months ago, and half of it wouldn't even open. Right. Because – I don't know, the Flash plugin has changed or, oh, I forgot that there were all these other Swifts that it was calling that I don't have or right. or whatever, you know. And you also forget, like, wait, how did I put that together in the first place anyway? Like, wait, did I structure it so that, the, oh, this was sitting in some sort of other container so it can't work without all those variables or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was <laughs> using all of these different Flash-specific sort of tween engines and animation yeah, engines. Yeah, yep. So there are all of these sort of external files that I can't find anymore or yeah. function calls that I went, yep. well, wait a minute, which which one was this? Exactly. So So do you just let it go? And say, well, the hell with it. I, I feel like that's 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 the thought process of a lot of the modern world. Just is fine letting it go. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, look, there I, people will talk about the the amount of information being created every year now is growing exponentially and all this kind of stuff, you know. And so, sure, some of it's going to go by the wayside, just like some of it was forgotten back in the day just because it was never even written down. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the equivalent kind of thing. But I do. It does feel like we don't care as much about the thing that we wrote. You know, uh, Facebook has the new feature where it says Here's a reminder, like three years ago, this happened like you right. and you and Jeffrey, like we're hanging out in L.A. or whatever. Right. And there's a picture of you and me that those things. It's like, oh, wow, I wouldn't have thought of that. And there it is. Facebook resurfacing it for you. You know, right. Well, um, and this is this is one of the the sort of counterpoints to all of this content being produced is how do you sift through it? How do you organize it? How yeah. do you, how do you make one bit of it relatable to another? Yep. 400 trillion pictures going up a day. They're not all actually tagged correctly. So, right. you know, do you have machines go through and try to find all the flower photos from uh, October 13th, 2015, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and your strategy may change. I mean, I tag things differently now than I did five years ago. Yep. Yeah. And it's, I, I tag things at all now and five years ago compared to what I did 10 years ago, which I didn't tag anything, you know? And you know the, so go ahead. Hmm. No, I, go ahead. At, at the beginning of the conversation, we, the whole personal website versus platforms, even, even the personal website thing. I used to build my site myself. Mm-hmm. I used to blog on ontakingpictures.com, which is where the name of the show came from originally. Mm-hmm. And then, but I've now since moved all of the data from ontakingpictures.com, like sort of my personal blog stuff, over onto the blog section of billwadman.com. But, but that was just because I was able to import the WordPress stuff over to Squarespace or whatever, right? Right, right. But which which brings up another issue: try exporting that back to WordPress from Squarespace. Right. It's not seamless. I haven't tried it. Have you? I I did try it. Oh, you did try it. Okay. Yeah, it's not seamless at all. Well, because you, know, you know the the layout engines and these things are all a little bit different, you know. Mm-hmm. And unless you go back to you know, it's similar to converting from Word Perfect to Word or whatever it is. It's like sure. some of the formatting is going to be there, but unless it's the same exact engine rendering it, it's going to look different. Sure, you know, which is why you need the same damn apps in the first place. And so, so even even your own personal website, unless you stick with WordPress from day one or stick with Squarespace from day one or hand code it yourself, which has its own set of problems. Sure. Even there, there's drift, you know, managerial so then drift. I, I guess one of the questions I have regarding this discussion is, is you and I are probably in, I don't know, the, 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 the top 10 percent in terms of of familiarity and and uh, usage and best practices in terms of what we've you know probably even higher than that, but yeah. yeah yeah okay so so what does you know joe average <laughs> photographer who doesn't have a coding <laughs> background or or uh, a platform background it just has a taking pictures background what are they oh let me let me tell you my mother dropped her iPhone 5C in the ocean a couple mm-hmm. months ago. And I could have sworn, I would have sworn an affidavit that I had set her phone up to upload to iCloud and all these other online things. Okay. None of it's online. Like I've, I, like her iCloud says that she's never uploaded any photos when I know that I uploaded tons of photos to iCloud. Um, it, it, and, and, 
it's like it's all seemingly gone because it only gives you five gigs. And once you get to five gigs, like the backup just sort of stops unless you pay. And I'm like, wait a minute. I could have sworn we hit this before and we set it up to pay the dollar a month for another 20 gigs or whatever. And wow. it's, it, there's no record of any of that. So that information is right. gone. Yeah. So my mother's pictures from November of last year until today are gone. So then is, you know, is there, hmm. and she's probably more savvy than your average mom, you know what right, I mean? Like, right. Yeah. So, just because, because of your insistence. Because of me. Yeah. 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 And yeah. like, and I thought I had it all worked out for her and that screwed up, you know? And it's like, ah, oh, so now I'm, <laughs> so anyway, go ahead. So, so there are a bunch of issues surrounding this. When you, when you look at these, these verses, there, there, there's the issue of usability there's the issue of connectability or connectivity. There's the issue of archive. Yep. And it. it what, what about the? A, go ahead. What about the like? There's this company, the company Vox. You know the what the Vox Media people. Yep. They really don't even have a website. It's just their stuff on everybody else's platforms. Like that seems to be the new method, right? It's Jeffrey Sidoris and you don't even have a website. You just have your, you put your stuff on Facebook, you put your stuff on Instagram, you put your stuff on YouTube, you put your stuff on and hope that it just sort of crowd surfs the internet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But even, even that, I mean, Google has said that if you're, if you're posting the same content or, or. Uh, content that's too similar to one another on multiple platforms, you're going to get dinged for it. Right. So like, so <laughs> you can't, it's like, you can't, ugh, God, it's so frustrating. I mean, this is like even, okay. When I signed up for Instagram, whatever it was six months ago, and you know, occasionally I post two or three pictures in a day and then occasionally I don't post anything for two or three days, you know? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But, but I, sometimes I would put stuff up on my blog and then also sort of, oh, I'll put one of those pictures up on Instagram, you know? Right. And then, and, 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 and you even commented, you were like, wait, are you just putting the stuff from your blog up there? I'm like, well, I put up some of that stuff and I put up some of new stuff. It's like, I, it's, it's, I don't know what to do. Cause if I have an audience there, why shouldn't I use the audience there? You know what I mean? Right. So, right. but you get into these. I don't know what the answer is, right? But well, at the same that's, that's one of the other issues though is that these platforms have different types of audiences. Yes. So so you're incentivized to put it on as many places as you can. You know? And then places like uh, Facebook, if you upload a video to Facebook, it 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 goes higher in their algorithmic ranking to show to people on their newsfeed than if you put a link to a YouTube video. Right. Despite the fact that the content is identical. Yes. So, so again, you're incentivized to share a number of different places. So what do you do? You stick it on your own website, maybe stick it on YouTube, stick that link on your own website and your blog, maybe then link to your blog entry on your Twitter account, which gets fed to <laughs> Facebook. But wait, that, that YouTube video that you've now fed through your blog to Facebook isn't going to rank highly enough. So then you got to put up another post where you upload the video straight to Facebook. You see what I'm saying? Right. And th this is all mechanical. This is all the mechanics of it. We haven't even gotten to to what what Eric Speakerman chimed in on that Twitter conversation about where where design and typography and layout and sure. color yeah, you are what shape context. You get, I mean, so, you but you give up all of that control when you're putting it on. Sure. But then again, so what happens to meaning? Right. Well, then again, the 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 stuff that if you wrote a post and put it on Medium, say. The people who worked on the medium look and feel did a pretty darn good job in the grand scheme of things, right? I mean, it is in the uh, on the on the good end of the spectrum of design and cleanliness and all the things that you and I like. 
it's going to look better than 95% of people who put it on their own blog because most people's own blogs look like crap, you know? Uh, but at the same time, it's still medium's choice of the tone that of how it looks, you know, like you can't you don't have that much control over how things feel over there. Well, that that was <clears throat> one of the comments that I had about about Squarespace. If you if you like their aesthetic, if you like what they yeah. Yeah. put forth. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like there's too much white space in like that things are too open on Squarespace. Like it's like tighten it up a little bit, you know, like you're, you're wasting space, I guess is sometimes how I feel on some of the, some of the templates, but sure. some people really love that look. You and know? what does that do to context? What does it do to meaning? You know, I'm going to include a, a thing in the, in the show notes here. I know he's, he's your favorite person too. Ah, uh, David Carson. I love David Carson, but I this is, this do. is a terrific Ted talk on how, content looks how words look relates to meaning because because at 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 the core these things are all symbols right yep it's not just it's not just a letter but but fonts have meaning fonts have weight fonts have 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 impact uh color has impact uh, uh layout has impact all of these things let me, let me ask you a question yep. as a writer if you sit there and you're writing in what do you write in text edit or something what do you write in um i use an what app those- called Byword. Okay. Okay. So you're writing uh, in Byword. Yeah, because it syncs phone, iPad, Mac. Okay. So there's people who write in Byword. There's people who write in uh, IA Writer. Right. There's mm-hmm. that one. Or editorial is another yeah. one. That's a, one the, of the one of the ones that Federico Fatici really likes. Right. Uh, Merlin Mann really likes drafts on his phone. Yep. That he drafts writes in, is right? another popular one. Right. Yep. And okay, so you're writing in that, and then you take that and you paste it into a Squarespace or WordPress template. And mm-hmm. which which has a look and feel that is already defined. Mm-hmm. When you reread it, when you've posted it on the final sort of place, does it feel different to you because of the type? Sometimes, I mean, the type contributes to it certainly, but so do the images, so do the colors. Yeah. Um, you know, the type for me when I'm when I'm writing it, I'm trying to convey the I, I know what I'm trying to say yeah. most of the time. Um, I the, look, I, I don't disagree with Spiegelman, mm-hmm. Spiegelman, but, <clears throat> Speakerman, sorry, <clears throat> but sometimes I feel like the, 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 that feels more like English on the ball than actual energy. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like I, I, th- I think that that overstates a little bit the presentation side of it. Cause in the end it's the words that matter, right? Uh, 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 Shakespeare typewritten on a, uh, Selectra is Selectric is going to still be Shakespeare. Sure. But, uh, Shakespeare printed in letterpress in something maybe more of a traditional looking font may feel different to the reader. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. The words are the same. Yeah, but the, the 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 emotional impact, the aesthetic impact, may be different. Right. I just, I it's like, but but it's like, how much different? You know, are we talking drastically different in in the emotional impact, or is it just sort of giving okay. it a little bit of a spin? You see what I'm saying? Okay. Let's let's switch it up a little bit. Okay. When, sure. When when you were doing the masonry layout for your site, yep. You and I went back and forth a few times on. How much horizontal. space? Yep. How much space should be between the images? Mm-hmm. Well, the images are the same. It doesn't yeah. matter. You're right. Yeah, but and and you and I were obsessing about that. Yeah, absolutely. But 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 did did my visitors 
really come to my site and and care one way or the other? I don't know. I'm certain. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes. A certain percentage of them did. Right. But like, you know, there's no right or wrong answer there. There's just sort of like good taste or not good taste. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, well, it may not even be a question of taste. It may just be a question of comfort, comfort of what feels right to a visitor. I, you know, uh, the, the diner up the hill that I talk about a lot. So Nick hired some designer in California to redesign his menu Mm-hmm. And it was so god awful bad. The woman was using five different fonts, different font sizes for the same level of information in the thing. The alignment was all over the place, like some stuff centered, some stuff left. You know, it was like it was a complete cluster blank, you know. OK, so to 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 your previous point. <laughs> yep. The words were still the same. Yes, yes, yes. And this but design in, matters. Yes. No, design does matter. But like, but you know, I did a D I redesigned the whole thing and, and it turns out I'm going to do the, all the work in the end because I just mm-hmm. can't leave it the way it is. But if I sent the same information to you in a word document, you would probably come up with an equally nice, good design. So that, that would be within the ballpark of what you and I do. Right. You see sure. what I'm saying? Sure. And I wonder if, if if somebody would really care between yours and mine all that much, or mm-hmm. if it's just sort of a good versus bad, not a good versus better. You know what I mean? As well, far as presentation is, yeah. is, is Instagram good enough? It, it bothers me in Instagram that you can't zoom into pictures just because sometimes there's like details or person. I was like, I just want to see it a little closer. Yeah. Can't I'd it. also like to be able to swipe to the next photo in that person's. Yes. That is so obnoxious that you got to go back. Or you have to see it as the big stack or whatever. It's like there's little things like that, right? But that's I, more usability. Okay, but doesn't that doesn't isn't I, I feel like usability has as much of an element as design does in that case. Sure, sure. And it's and it's 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 one of the reasons that that you and I and and others like us bounce between uh, Squarespace and WordPress and <laughs> yeah. different themes and you know because we're cray cray. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's. <laughs> You know, nothing's ever right. Um, This is going to this is going to kind of branch off a little bit. I I got I got an email from David Raboin. Okay. yes. Did he send this to both of us or do you send it just to me? Uh, Read the email and I will tell you whether I read it. (laughs) I think he just sent it to me because it was you're special. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What did he Let's see. Let me find this. Go. Uh, anyway, basically, what what he was saying was, uh, let go of of being perfect. Let go of of the. Uh, let's see. Where is it, David? Let go of being perfect. Yeah, he he was talking about um, this podcast that he that he suggested that I listen to. Um, that's a little fast and loose by comparison. Um, uh, by comparison see. to us. Uh, mostly by comparison to to uh, the the process driven oh okay okay stuff that i've been doing where it's it's 
we want everything to be so good. We want it to be so well done that the people that have this sort of preoccupation with angsting over pixel accuracy and color accuracy and, 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 you know, perfect punctuation and all the, yes, these are great things to aspire to, but at some point the cost of chasing them uh, outweighs prevents the, us from yeah. shipping, prevents and, us from getting this stuff out into the world. Sure. And you know, it kind of reminds me, you know, the, the line in Goodwill hunting, where he's just like, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 what is the line? Nobody's perfect. It's, it's a question of whether you're perfect for each other. Yeah. So maybe it's maybe it's sort of a there's no such thing as perfection. There's just it being close enough to what you wanted that it's worth having your name on it. Yes. I'm not putting it great, but you understand what I'm trying to get at. Right. Yeah. And and and, and David, like it's not about it being perfect. It's about it being right. But even even that, uh, even that gets me in trouble personally. I, I, I agree, I, but I, I'm just trying to find a way to soften it a little bit. Um, go ahead. Here we go. Here we go. Let me let me. It was on Facebook. Uh, okay. okay. Particularly the opening monologue. Uh, okay. He okay. I thought of you when I listened to this podcast for two reasons. The opening monologue about creativity is fun and pretty awesome. The host is kind of the anti Sidoris. His production is sloppy. He curses a lot, and he doesn't seem to care if he sounds out of his mind or at least a little stupid once in a while. I sound stupid all the time, but that's another story. Um, here, here. Anyway, I, he says, I, <laughs> wow. He says, I, I challenge you to release something less than perfect. I love PD. It glows with production, but maybe more episodes and less perfection. Okay. So, David, you're absolutely right. I accept the challenge. Uh, and and the, the point that I was okay. trying to – Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Nope. All right. The point I was trying to make is is that my sort of preoccupation with with getting things right, to go back to your point, yeah. prevents me from getting things out. Uh, OK, true. However, not to put David on the spot in this particular instance, but the you are you because you put out stuff that's like that. If you put out stuff that was looser, you would no longer be you. And it wouldn't be the same work. For, I think there's room for play. I, I think I do think I obsess you, over. Yes, you could much. lighten up five percent, but yeah. if you lighten up fifty percent, it's no longer you. You know what no, I'm saying? No, no, no. I'm if if I tried to do Mark Maron style monologues, it would right. sound like me trying to do Mark Maron style monologues. And if my question is, is if you kind of made a different you you made a rule for yourself where you said you know what when it gets to the point where i know it's 95 percent there i'm just going to ship and i'm not going to obsess about it and you put it out you would be thinking that, about think it you would be thinking about that for the next six weeks you would be like obsessing about it you'd listen to it three times while it's live you <laughs> i know you you yeah, you you would do all of that stuff so yeah. in I the do. end i mean look i i i stressed over the way my bagel was cut at Panera over the weekend. Right. And they must have loved that. Well, I didn't <laughs> say anything, but it's like, it's, it's a bagel. How difficult. Cut it in the middle. <laughs> Don't leave me a little, a little flap on the top. A little wedge. It, little, yeah. It was yeah. like, it was like 90, 10. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? It's uh, a, you, you put it in the machine. It's, you're not even doing it. By the way, there's, there's bagel stores in Boston called Finagla Bagel. Nice. And they have basically a table saw, saw blade 
in yeah. the middle of this tube and they just roll the bagels down this tube and it just cuts them in half and they grab them on the other end. It's like, nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of the thing that they have. But it's maybe it's set wrong. I don't know. But it, yeah. it annoys me. Anyway, and it's yeah. like take pride in your work. I guess Whatever I guess my take. question is in that situation are, you know, I, I, I wouldn't I understand what he's saying and I understand what you're saying. I also, you know, let Bartlett be Bartlett. You know, I, I do think there is room to lighten up a little on some stuff. Yeah. OK. I mean, I'm still going to notice, you know, things that are off by a couple pixels. I'm still going to notice colors that are that are off by a couple points. Yeah. I, you I, just I have to make sure that that doesn't things. that doesn't those seeds don't germinate. Right. Right. Which is the problem that that, that you would have. And I have similar problems in different ways like things that i think about constantly um it's but i you know i i so so what is the answer to the platform question i wish i knew you know i i have put work on i guess it it depends on your goal actually wait let's change it for a second yeah does it matter what the hell we think because if the audiences are on the platforms then the personal websites is just a vanity project no, I, I mean, I, I think there, there are so many factors. Let's say you're a photographer. Well, if you're a photographer, you're not going to use medium as your platform of choice because, you sure. know, it, it's, it's not a portfolio driven site. Now, it's could not you medium. use it uh, if you were, let's say, Chris Matheson to use Chris. So I'm, I'm going to pick on you for a minute, Chris. Not really because you're, you're you and I wouldn't pick on you like that. But uh, let's say he's shooting uh, the, the reflection pictures that he did. And there's a backstory. Yep. Well, maybe Medium would be a great place to to post that narrative, that story. Great. Yep. True. And and maybe you post it there rather than on your website, you know, or, or exposure, another another kind of variant of of Medium. Um, and that's kind of the, the 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 trouble that I would imagine people have with these types of things is they all serve different audiences. They are all slightly different in their presentation. They all uh, 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 have different requirements in terms of layout and and asset management. And so so how does one know what to use? You know. It's a numbers. How, how, well, I guess it, it, again, it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for exposure, there are answers, right? Go to the biggest. Right. Go to the biggest place. But then, but again, even that doesn't guarantee you exposure. It's true because it, not only does it not guarantee you exposure, you could actually get lost. You might be better off as a big fish in a small pond versus the other way around. Well, and th- there's also, I mean, this is maybe another discussion, but there's also the idea of of. <laughs> Look at the, the 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 most followed person on on YouTube, for example, PewDiePie. PewDiePie, thirty nine plus million followers. The who next are, person who are these people? Okay, the next person down from that, the number two person, yeah. is like seventeen million. You know, so, I only I only know PewDiePie because like other people reference him, and I've I mean I think I've watched one thing just to see what the hell they were talking about. But there's all these things on the subway in New York where it's all these ads for Google and all these people who have like 5 million followers and 10 million right. people watching. And I'm like, I've never even heard of that person, let alone seen that thing. Right. You well, that, that's kind of what I'm what I'm getting at is is PewDiePie has a lot of followers. A lot of people on, on YouTube have a lot of followers, but the content is moronic by and large. Yeah. And and advertisers are rewarding that because they're not they're not concerned with clicks they're concerned with eyes 
Sure. So if you've got especially for the demographic. Sure. So if you've got 39 million eyes looking at your work, you're going to get paid. Yeah. Son. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) Versus, you know, the photographer who is, you know, slugging it out weekend after weekend trying to make ends meet. Sure. And can't get found to save his or her life. But I mean, but there is no, there's no meritocracy in, in that kind of stuff. Right. There's no meritocracy on the internet. Right. But, but it, it convolutes the answer to the question, well, what do you want out of it? What are you trying to achieve? Well, I, I'm trying to achieve getting eyes on my work. I'm trying to achieve making real connections with, with what I do. Isn't it sort of like, uh, politics though? Like, uh, you know, I can't do anything if I don't get elected and to get elected, I have to be a jerk. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's one of those sort of I it nothing matters unless I grow an audience and I can be seen. So shouldn't I just do whatever is the thing that gets you know, I'm gonna start taking pictures of my dog with silly hats on because that's what people like on Instagram, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'll just do that for a while, I'll get a big giant audience and then I'll start putting up my artsy stuff. Yeah. You know, like, is I'm that gonna have the to think about this some more and yeah. come back to it? Because I, I think we I think we went in a few different directions. Uh, I'd like to think about it some more and come back in another episode on on. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a big conversation. Yeah. And, and guys, if you girls, guys, uh, if you've got things to chime in with uh, podcast at on taking pictures dot com. Yeah. Podcast at on taking pictures dot com. It's a big, it's a big question though, right? Well, I think it's a, it's a somewhat existential and somewhat unanswerable question because even as we're answering the question, the landscape is changing. Sure. Well, okay. Let's, let's say for the sake of argument, uh, we, we, we five by five goes under or we leave five by five or yeah. whatever it is. Do we go to SoundCloud? Do we yeah. go to Libsyn? Yeah. Do we go to Podberry? Do we yeah. go to Podbean? I mean, they're all providing similar services. So in in any discipline, you've got all these choices. Too many choices. Right. Too many notes. But then we would also complain if there was only one choice. Apple. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe, you know, I keep thinking I may have set my mother's phone up to upload to her Google account, but she's not quite sophisticated enough. Can you get straight to your photos from your Google no. Where are your Google photos if you have them uploading automatically to Google? Do you have to go to Google I, Plus I don't, to get I don't to know. them? I don't, I don't upload anything to Google. See, I have it uploaded to Google. I have my phone images upload to pretty much everywhere just in case. Mm-hmm. You know, just as a... I do Dropbox and Amazon. Because yeah, Amazon I, gives you... Amazon Prime gives oh, you yeah, a yeah, yeah. free unlimited uploads. Yeah, I do. I do the Amazon uh, Prime... I do the Dropbox. I don't do the Amazon Prime. That's interesting. Well, things things I think think about. Uh, you want to talk about our sponsor today? Hey, let's talk about our sponsor. <laughs> who I, I think is kind of both a personal website and a platform. That's there. You go. Uh, today's today's show is sponsored by Squarespace. Dot com. <sighs> Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas, Mister Sidoris. I got ideas, mister. You got ideas? You want to put them down somewhere? Squarespace yeah, them, has got it for you. Put them down. 
Uh, their sites look professionally designed regardless of skill level. You have no coding required. So if you don't know your HTML from your CMS from your uh, B-U-T-T-L-E, uh, then, uh, you know, go to Squarespace. They'll take care your of you. Buttle? Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for you to do that. <laughs> They have intuitive and easy to use tools. It's clicking, it's drag and drop, it's 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 just typing stuff in. It's fantastic. And like you put in a big giant image, it automatically resizes it down to the size that it needs to be for the place you need to put it. It's great. And I wonder this, how many copies they store. Of each you know, that's image. a good question. I think it's five. Uh huh. For some reason, I remember reading somewhere, and then uh-huh. they just choose the one that's closest but up, right? And then just and bring then it down resize a little bit. it in the browser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the, you know, so sites look great no matter what you look at them in because they're completely responsive all the way down to your phone and stuff. State of the art technology powering the site to ensure security and stability. This is like the crazy image resizing stuff we're talking about. That kind of stuff. And it's trusted by millions of people in some of the most respected brands in the world. Starts at only $8 a month, and you get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Squarespace is fantastical. Uh, you know what's really great, too? I always forget to bring them up, is the like uh, the the iOS apps that they give away. Right. Portfolio yeah, is one. The yep. Portfolio one. There's the Metrics one. There's a blog uh, one where you can write, read and write uh, blog posts right there. Uh, and then have you ever used their Note app? I have not. They have one called Note, which is 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 really interesting because you can you can send it to all kinds of different apps, or you, so you can pull down and you can send it to uh, an email address or drop to Dropbox rather to like just put it up somewhere. It's it's pretty crazy, like just free stuff that they're just messing around with, almost like twenty uh, percent time or something, you know? Right, 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 right. But uh, start your free trial today with no credit card required at Squarespace.com when you decide to sign up for Squarespace. Make sure you use the offer code OTP. And you'll get 10% off your first purchase, and you will show your support for On Taking Pictures. That's the program you're listening to right now. So thank you very much to Squarespace. <laughs> That's the program you turned off 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much to Squarespace for reporting 5x5 five five and On Taking Pictures. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Anything else you want to say about Squarespace? You good? No. They're great. They, I mean, it really is like their company is really great. Everyone I've met at Squarespace offices has been really sweet. So I, I give them thumbs up in the personal department too. Do you see the thing where they were looking for new coders and designers and people? So they hired uh, people to come. Uh, uh, they, they flew them in with their significant others. Right, right. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's totally cool. Well, that was a big, that was a big one. It was a big topic. It's like... You know what? You want to leave the Elizabeth Gilbert to another time? So that's a heavy conversation too. <laughs> yeah, let's move. Let's move the Elizabeth Gilbert. Let's move Liz Gilbert to next week. Okay. Um. Yeah, if you haven't listened to them, we'll give you another week. Uh, check the show notes. Go listen to these things. Uh, it's a it's a podcast series. I think she's done with it now. Um. Let me. Oh, see. she's finished. All right. <laughs> Yeah, right. You're finished in this business. <laughs> I, th- I think there were 12. I think I think that's it. Okay. Um, uh, there are some terrific nuggets in there. If if you will listen to a few, the the John Hodgman episode is is very good. Number ten, number twelve with Brene Brown is very good. Um, number eight, which is called the Pure Pleasure of Making Stuff, is very very good. Um, so take a listen to some of these and let's next week talk about, um, 
creativity and making a living and and inspiration and and all those fun things that uh that we probably shouldn't dive into today after after yeah. the first discussion. Hey, uh, while we're at it, talking about next week, can we say one wormhole at a time? <laughs> exactly. Uh, we we have uh, uh, I have my trip coming up in a couple weeks, so I think we're going to do two back to back next week. So we'll let's try, see if we can get some questions. We'll do some answers. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, so we'll do you, one regular episode and one Q and a Q and a maybe on Wednesday morning or something like that. And then we'll just, I'll, we'll keep it in the hopper and put it up the next week or whatever. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And it'll keep everyone happy. And then I'll be back the following week. Um, so if you want to, if you have a question for us for that episode, uh, send it in podcast at on taking pictures.com or us on Twitter, Bill Wadman, Jeffrey Sidoris, or on the, on the, the group on Google plus, you know, you know where to find us, just send us questions. Uh, and, and we'll add those to the list. What are you looking at? You're just moving stuff around. I'm just, Oh, I'm just clicking around. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Don't know. So this last week, uh, Adobe released new versions of Lightroom and mm-hmm. Photoshop, I think. And the Lightroom app was buggy as all get up for me completely. For unu- okay. Yes, I guess. I don't know. For I, ha- me, I had zero problem. Okay. For me, completely unusable sat there at 99% CPU usage never went off. Mm. Just sat there chugging. Interesting. Uh, to the point where it was just I had I had to forcibly uninstall it and go and retro back to an older version. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was unusable. Is there a is there a rollback built in? No. Or do you, do you, I had to so manually to delete completely. it. Uh, yeah, I, you have to uninstall it. And then I had to go find the uh, the oldest or the the last version of I guess it's six point one or whatever it is that's online. Log in with my ID while I installed it. And then update to the next to last version to 6.11. Right. Um, yeah. 6.2 is the one that apparently that was problems for you. Yeah. 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 And it was, it was, it was terrible. And I guess there's two things I wanted to say about this one. The whole point, the reason why people use Adobe other than inertia, cause it's been around for so long is that their tools are generally pretty good bug wise, you know, like they're, they're fairly solid, you know, like, I can't remember the last time that Photoshop crashed on me, you know, um, you, a big company like that, that people rely on their tools, can't put out software that causes tens of thousands or millions of people to not be able to use the software, you know, um, is, is that one of the dangers of, of going to the CC model? Because it automatically we're, we're, tells people they should update or, or that or, and it lessens the amount of testing time between releases. Maybe. And, and or certain, it potentially. Lessens yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people say that, that, that there was an Adobe Max conference in New York last week or two weeks ago. And some people say that they put it out early in order to have a press release to put out during the Max conference and that it came out too early. That's sort of like one of the fears okay but but either way i mean does it if you're pushing these things and expected to push these things to the customer base throughout the year does that you think though you think that that would free free up the testing because there is no specific date you're trying to hit you can test it have the beta testers play with it for as long as you want and when you're happy roll it out like it's not like because it's sort of continuously adding features the testing phase could be as long as it needs to be mm-hmm. without having to say, you know what? We told people it'll be out December, September 21st. We, you know, we got to hit the mm-hmm. date. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but it, you know, and they changed the import dialogue, which I've yet to see because I can't use it. Have you played with this? Uh, have I? They played changed with the it? add photos import dialogue or whatever it is in. Did Lightroom. I import anything over the weekend? And people have said they they apparently simplified it. So anybody who's used Lightroom on the right hand side, oh, yeah. there there's all is. kinds there of is. features that were there of you know tagging, renaming, adding a development preset you know, locations, moving things, places, converting to DNG, like all that kind of stuff was sort of as part of the import process. And apparently they removed some of those features. Uh, it's yeah, it's largely gone, which seems really dumb to me. Okay. So yeah, you've got to go to the gear menu now. Oh no, they've, wow. They've really, yeah. Neutered. Okay. So I I can confirm this has been yeah co- compared to what it was before it's it's pretty severely nerfed. Right. And so okay. So in preferences, I think you can go in and turn off the add photos dialogue. And I don't know if that changes the import back to the old import or if it just change like removes the thing that pops up when you plug a card in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But a lot of people are complaining. They're just like, look, we had a workflow. This is a professional tool for people who are coming back from a wedding shoot and need to import 10,000 photos or 20,000 right. if you're Alan Bellward, you know, and, 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 and it's like, we don't have time to be messing around with, you can't mess with somebody's workflow like that, you know, like the, the people have set up standards in the way that they do things and you can't just go simplifying it because you want to sell more copies to the guy who only imports things once a year and it gets confused by too many options. Yeah. What are you, Apple? Well, yeah, right? I mean, to some extent, you know, oh, you thought that that video editing software was too complex? Well, we're going to make a new one <laughs> and just screw all you people who wanted the tools, you know? Um, yeah, it is very different. I, just, I, I can see where this would be confusing. But even if you even if you remove the show ad photos, it still has cleaned up that sidebar. So there's less stuff there. Yes, yeah, see, I don't know. It's like, and I understand that they could do statistical analysis and see what percentage of users are using what things. But I mean, it's the same is true of Photoshop. For the 5% of people who need that feature, that feature may be the reason why they use Photoshop. So mm-hmm. cutting out things that only get used by a small percentage of people is a really dumb thing to do, I think. Um, I don't know. Um, I just. Or, 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 well, for tools like this, you know, these are tools that you've built over years and then you suddenly start hacking stuff out. Well, or uh, maybe enabling or disabling rather than removing. Yes. Uh, okay. But, well, but who knows? Button. I don't know enough about architecture to know if if we if we leave that in, are we unable to use this new thing? I don't yeah, know. yeah, 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 yeah. I just I don't know. Like it's funny because I use destination. I don't apply any develop settings or anything during import. You know, I guess mm-hmm. I, I I have it apply metadata. You know, just to put my name and stuff in there. But for some people who use this stuff, it's a very important thing. And they just anyway, they they got rid of it, um, which is pissed a lot of people off. So I just thought it was worth mentioning. There's also uh, a well, woman. So, but who, now, should you mention it has been apparently the, the crashing issues have been fixed in a one. Is uh, there a, a, a dot two dot one release? There's a yeah, dot two dot one. OK, uh, I will. OK, I did not know that, but I will wait before I install it. 
mm-hmm. uh, until I have some time. Uh, if if you have installed it and you're kind of screwed and you want to go back, there's a woman named Laura Shu who who I think is sort of the Photoshop diva woman or whatever she is, mm-hmm. uh, who has uh, put up a blog post last week called how to roll back to Lightroom 6.1.1. And I'll put a link in the show notes. I use this and it worked. So uh, one way to go back. I just, you know, it's just annoying when, you know, when you install some new software thing and all of a sudden all the stuff that was working fine suddenly isn't working at all. It's right. the most infuriating thing. It's just like, oh, it's, I guess that's the one advantage of physical tools, right? Your hammer is never going to stop working. You know, the shutter on your four by five, as long as it's clicking is going to click just fine. They're not going to update it while you're using it. And suddenly it stops working. I can understand where that would be very frustrating for people who have, have have depended on a certain workflow. Oh my God. So the menu that I was talking about before, I originally, the file that I got sent over was an illustrator that this woman did. And not only did she wait, what are we talking about? I'm sorry. The menu I'm doing for Nick. I just, I was the diner menu. Okay. We're talking about menus and import. Sorry, 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 sorry. The diner menu. She sends over uh, an AI file to him. As sort of like, well, here you go, like here it's done, and he didn't, he didn't pay her. It was like this whole big thing. Anyway, she sends what she had done, the work she had done. She broke up into outlines half the fonts uh, of why? a menu, so it was not editable. And I'm like, that is such a jerk move. <laughs> like, well, like, it's it's a, until yeah. the last possible moment that you send a copy to a printer, maybe, you know, if you're that guy. But like, otherwise, why would you ever break them up? And then so she not only did she do that, but it's an illustrator. So I don't buy illustrator anymore because I do the, you know, the photographer $10 a month thing. Right. And so I installed the illustrator 30 day demo, figuring I could probably get it done in 30 days. Illustrator crashes. If I have the menu open and I'm just sitting there like playing with it and I go get a glass of water, I come back. Illustrator's crashed. Really? Like within five or 10 minutes, every time I open it up, it crashes. It's like unusably bad. And I I wrote a thing on Twitter and apparently a bunch of other people had the same problem. Uh, I maybe try. And it started leaving eight gigabyte temp files all over my SSD. Multiple. So it filled up my SSD in a day. I would try Affinity Designer. Well, I think I may move it over or yeah. Yeah, I have been using Affinity Designer. I picked it up there. I, they've got a what, special on right now. It's twenty percent off. What is its? Uh, what is the normal file format that it uses? Uh, AF Design. Dot AF Design. Okay, but you can export uh, EPS. And uh, I can I can import an AI file into it. You know what? Let me make sure. I mean, uh, I can always copy and paste. I've done it pretty smartly before. I I think you can. I mean, I'm, I'm it, it's going to depend on what what. Uh, uh, format that illustr- the Illustrator document was saved in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks like it will recognize. Let's see. Let me open this up. Yes, opens okay. an AI it's, file. It's, curr- no it's currently in the latest version of Illustrator, but I can always save it out as something else. Anyway, it's just it's again. If your tools like aren't working, especially on computer stuff, it try. It's just mind. Oh, it's so it makes you so angry. Anyway, we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, you know, uh, a, f- a friend of the show, Kent, sent this in. This uh, And I, I had bumped into it once before. This woman, <laughs> the one person without a camera phone taking a picture of the Pope. There's one person in the whole damn picture not holding up a phone taking a picture of the Pope. 
Well, this old woman. you know, she just wanted to have the experience. I, I mean, look, this, this like is, this is, uh, this is the way Gregory Crudson makes pictures. Yeah. Not behind a camera, but, but in the moment, in the environment, in the scene, which if you're not following Crudson studio on Instagram, he's, he's providing cool glimpses into the new body of work. Are they all really getting those tattoos or is that yes. like a fake thing? They're getting I, I think it's, what I think, they think they're Lord of the Rings or something. I don't know. Yeah, they all got those tattoos. I would get one to interview him. You'd you'd get. Do you have any tattoos? You don't have a tattoo, do you? No. He's just like, not that I can mention on the air. That's right. I would (laughs) I would get the tree to talk to Crudson. All right. Well, I think that you might be able to make that happen without maybe getting the tree. I also like the look of the look on the old woman's face. She just has this like really relaxed joy, this peaceful, joyous look. Like, hey, look, the Pope. Like, I'm not struggling over ISO or exposure, yeah. What's white up, balance. <laughs> What's up, Pope? Yeah. And then uh, there, there's the one guy next to her who's looking at his phone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, The Pope's driving by. The guy's, like, putting a picture up on Instagram, missing the Pope. He's like, hey, the Redskins are losing. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he sounds like Mo from The Simpsons. I but. was going to say, you know. <laughs> Uh, I was at a wedding this weekend and a friend of mine now writes for um, uh, the family guy. Yep. And apparently his, the episode on Sunday was his first fully written by him episode. Nice. Which I've yet to watch yet, but uh, he apparently when they, when they pitch ideas, they have to do it in the voices. Oh, great. So you're, <laughs> you're pitching against Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. doing. Oh, wow. No pressure there. <laughs> right. Hmm. So cool. Oh, hey, I got to tell you one other little thing. I'll do it on the air because why not? So the wedding was at this place called the Players Club, which is on Gramercy Park. One of these like old Victorian mansions, right? Or Freddie Clark's house. Or otherwise known as Freddie Clark's house. Yeah. (laughs) Waka waka. Uh, And uh, and, uh, it was uh, Booth, John Wilkes Booth's brother, owned the house originally back in the day. And he, he himself was Edwin Booth was a very famous 19th century Shakespearean actor, arguably more famous than John Wilkes Booth ever was. And, uh, he lived at this, in this mansion, bought it in 1847, lived in this mansion and then sort of gave it to the, the club as the club was, uh, created, uh, after at like in the 17, 1870s or something like that. Right. And he died in one of the rooms on the upper floor in his bedroom. And when he died in 1892, they just closed the room, locked it and walked out. And it's, what? and, and it's never been taught. Like it hasn't like they, they've put up these like little, uh, like stanchions with like little things. So you can't walk around the room. You can just sort of go into the wow. like main area. But, uh, we, we befriended the guy who runs the whole building and he took us and three other people, my nice. Conrad and I up into the room and it's exactly how it was left, like stuff on the tables and like they just dust it once a year. Wow. There's, there used to be a hotel like that in L.A. There was a murder in this room back oh, in like the 20s it. and they just left it and sealed the room. Oh, that's so cool. I don't know if it's still there. I'll, I'll see if I, I can you find know, it. I always feel like when you go to the museums, I don't know, this is in, maybe an East Coast museum thing because I think there are in some of the – one of the Smithsonian stuff where there's like – there are – 
rooms from houses inside of museums. Have you seen this before? Yeah, it's uh, it's in the National Portrait Gallery upstairs. Uh, they're they're like little hotel rooms, and they they've okay, got the yeah, sinks yeah, yeah, yeah. and the beds. Oh, you and- know where else it was too? When we went to the Philadelphia Museum, remember we walked through like rooms yep. that were like people's rooms, right? Like yep. that's a very like East Coast museum thing, I think. Anyway. Those a lot of those always feel really fake to me, artificial because it feels like curators put them together as opposed to that's really how they were. But well, going I'm sure in, there's a balance, isn't uh, there? I'm, no, absolutely. But it's just going into a room where you know people really haven't touched anything hmm. in 125 years is really kind of freaky because it's like no, this is really how it was. It right. felt much more authentic than had it been put together to look like an 1890s room, right? You know, like like finding an iPod in the Lincoln bedroom or something. Exactly. Hey. Hey, uh, uh, so I found this other article on the New York Times, and this is kind of messed up. So, and I want to I know where you, what you think of this. Is this so, another legal thing? This is another legal thing. It's a legal thing, but it's not, I don't care about the legal thing. Okay. Okay. So this guy, uh, Botin, G- Jaime Botin, he's a billionaire banker, public figure in Spain. He's like super Jaime. old. Yeah, he's 79 years old, and 40 years ago, he bought a Picasso, right? All right. From 1906, this Picasso, this head of a young woman. Okay. And he has owned it for 40 years, and he was thinking about selling it. So he took it and put it on his boat so he could like, he was driving to, I don't know, France or something like that. And he was going to bring it over there, and he was going to put it up for auction. The Spanish government came in and, and seized the painting saying that it's a national treasure and it's not allowed to leave Spain. Legal stuff aside, my question is, how do we decide what pieces of art are national treasures? And does that really mean anything? A, that is a question for someone far more literate and, and educated in, in curation and and history and politics than me uh, just i mean my first reaction is kind of wow that that kind of sucks it's a that, weird case right that you know they imminent domained his painting essentially <laughs> yeah they did you know? that's exactly what they did um yeah i mean i i don't know what what does what determines that i don't gosh i don't yeah. know and the, and if he sold it to someone in spain i mean are they going yeah, would that to, be okay if he sold it within spain you know it's it's this weird thing and the Spanish government claims that this painting is from some period where he was painting stuff at some Spanish town, right? However, uh, uh, Picasso's like top biographer and his granddaughter, grandson, both say, no, this thing was painted in Paris or something when he was there. That it doesn't have the same style as this stuff that the government, Spanish government says was painted in Spain, which is why it is of this special ilk anyway. So now it will likely go to court first to decide where it was painted. Yeah. And then it will go to court again to decide based on the results of the first case yeah. who The government's position is that the painting should stay in Spain because it is quote a national treasure, a rare work created around a period where Picasso spent part of a summer of 1906 in the village of Gosol in the Pyrenees. I mean, so so should the French government be able to go around and commandeer all the things that he did in Paris because Right. That's very odd to me. I just find this whole thing fascinating. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll just put a link in the show notes for those of you who are into this kind of like odd 
quasi legal, quasi like, why do, how do we think about art and like why that piece as opposed to any other thing that was painted that year? You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 yes, I like Picasso too, but when I look at that painting, it's not a particularly amazing Picasso to me. Is is it, is it like a land grab for this little town to get some juice? No, that's an, I hadn't even thought of that. That's an argument too. Now come to this town. We're going to put it in the local museum in the town where it was painted. And now we're going to get some tourism dollars out of it. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was really weird. Mm. And, and, you know, and he owned it for 40 years. It's not like he like just bought it or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And he, but then again, his argument is I own the painting. I could do whatever I want with it. Now, if he said, I want to stick it on a big bonfire, I guess legally he's allowed to do that. But I think I would have a problem with that. So like, where, yeah, it's kind you of know, a dick move. Yeah, totally. But like, so where's, you know, where's that like line? That scene in uh, the Thomas Crown Affair yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where she puts yeah. it on. What is it? What oh, was it? a really nice Renoir little, yeah, or whatever. Renoir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was it an original? I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Oh God, that's such a good uh, movie. Hey, speaking of Picasso, this Picasso. I, I'm going to try and find out more about this. But I I was talking to um, uh, one of the uh, paper conservators slash curators at the National Gallery. And a colleague of hers, and I want to get the whole story, but the the the, the five minute conversation was this colleague of hers using uh, various pieces of technology and scanning equipment and things like that has found that many 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 of Picasso's works are are layered that there are massive amounts of underpaintings below his works. No, underpaintings he, as in like trying to work it out what he was doing or different I, I, Again, work I'm, that- I'm not sure about it. She just was astounded because this woman has been a Picasso, you know, a, a, a studier conservator of Picasso for years and sort of happened upon this and now is going back and looking at uh, many pieces of his earlier work to confirm. And, and it's just apparently a pretty major discovery. I don't know. But uh I'm, I'm going to try and find out more about that. And if, if it's possible, maybe even have a conversation with her. That is totally cool. Kind of neat, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally neat. Yeah. Just trying to figure out what actually is going on there, you know? Right. Yeah. Were, were, they, were they sketches? Were they sketch paintings? You know, in the same way that maybe a photographer might, might shoot sketch images around a subject? Yeah. You know, and were they studies? A, right. Yeah. Is, isn't that okay? Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. Well, like, so, you know, it kind of breaks down the whole concept of the genius who knows exactly what he's doing as he's doing it, you know? Uh, indeed. Um, yeah, yeah, indeed. So more on that as it as it develops. Right. Hey, uh, I thought you might like that. Fresh air interview with Andy Goldsworthy uh, this week, who I hadn't known of, but you did know of. Yes. Uh, who's a sort of, is he uh, uh, Scottish? Where is he from? He's Scotland, I believe I he's Scottish. Um, he's, I guess the best word is sculptor. Although I think that that is a not pigeonholes him, but doesn't explain exactly the kind of stuff that he seems to do. British. He's just straight British. OK. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. I mean, apparently his one of his big environmental things, sculpture. Yeah. He, I guess. He, 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 he had this great series where he would just lie down when it started raining. And then he got up after it stopped raining and there would be a dry spot where his body was like, mm-hmm. like a chalk outline on the ground, essentially. Right. Uh, and then he would just take a picture of it. And he did a lot of them, including one in Times Square, apparently. Um, what, do you, what do you think of this stuff? You like this stuff? I love Andy Goldsworthy. Uh, I was introduced to his work by uh, my friend Jeff Holmes, who lives in Utah. Uh, I was out visiting him 
years and years ago and uh, he took me down to their TV room and said, sit down, you have to watch this. And uh, he, he turned me on to this documentary called Rivers and Tides. And uh, it, it is absolutely phenomenal work. He, he sculpts with stones, sticks, leaves, uh, ice, uh, uh, just anything in the natural world. And, and one of the things that I'm so fascinated with by his work is is the sort of transitory nature of it he he builds these things he makes these things out in 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 the world and leaves them to their own devices if they're wood they fall apart if they're ice they melt yeah. if they're leaves they blow away so there his his work is uh uh at 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 at, at sometimes temporary at other times permanent yeah uh, it's fascinating work i feel like this is a good example of you know we talked who do we talk about who um did work that disappeared. Who were we talking about? Remember we we did either a photographer. Well, there the was the, the the documentary on on uh, the cardboard. Oh, the Bernini. cardboard Bernini. That's what it was. That was one. Um, but but the, I mean, it's sort of a a a, 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 um, a great example of that kind of thing. Where to him, it's the act of making the art that is the art. The rest of it's just like this thing that's left over. Absolutely, um, and I, and I, I really like I like the way he talked about it. There's a, it's a great interview on uh, NPR, except just ignore Terry Gross the whole time because she's really getting on my nerves lately. Um, but, you don't like uh, Terry Gross? I, is it I too she, monotone? Is that is that where you're? No, at with I it? think she asks she asks really stupid questions a lot of times. Ah, okay. Where I'm just like, what? Like, no, that's a dumb question. You know, like she was reading something he wrote, and she's just like, I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? You know, and you're like. <laughs> He there just, are better ways to ask that. Sure. He, yeah. That, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. What is that? A ball made of sheets of ice? Yes. So he, he grabs sheets of ice and makes this 360 degree sphere out of them and then just sets just it lets somewhere. Sit there. Yeah. See, yeah. I mean, he, he, this is a uh, pretty artsy stuff. And she did say, you know, how do you make a living? Because you're not going to make a living making balls of ice and leaving them in well, the woods. Well, do, doing installations. Uh, right, yeah. So uh, he says the larger installations of where he makes a living. And you imagine he probably lives out in the country where he lives pretty cheaply, too. Uh, you know, to, to just be able to do what he does and not have to worry about it that much. Um, uh, yep. There, uh, there which, is an installation in, inside. It's a permanent piece inside the National Gallery of Art here in D.C. that is uh, one of his pieces. It's beautiful. Andy Goldsworth. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. I thought people would like it. Yeah, good call. Uh, so how did people do with stairs? Uh, I saw a number of good ones. There was one that I wanted to call out because I really liked it. The one with the door underneath it. You know what I'm talking about? Assignments. Let me here. pull it up here. Yep. Let me, let it was me a name there. that I hadn't didn't recognize and I really liked 40 something people kind of chimed in on this one. This is a good one. Yeah, this um, is a good one. Everybody's got yeah. stairs in their lives. Everybody's got stairs. Uh, lots of really good stuff. Lots of inter- interesting interpretations. Yeah, the James um, Haddock one of the uh, the the um, mushrooms looking like stairs is pretty cool. Yep. yep. Uh, Mo Morgan, good. Martin Rotz, good. Uh, uh, Todd Schick. Uh, I like I like the Andrew Shields. Uh, we don't actually see the stairs, but we see the shadows of the uh, of the railings. Yep. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, Tom in Michigan. What is that, a lighthouse, Tom? It is. It was got a lot. Of t- oh, uh, Blake Kobles is really good, too, with the, uh, it's the black and white. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty cool one, but that's not the one I was talking about. Now i got to find it. It's going to drive me crazy. Um, that's a short trip, though. 
my friend. What, falling downstairs? No, you going crazy. Ha ha. Ha ha. You're correct, sir. That's right. <laughs> yes. Mike Waller, good. Good stuff. Uh, Millie? Yeah, I mean, this was a fun one, right? And everybody's got stairs. You're right. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I I, I meant to go in. There's a place in town. Oh, you know, it was, actually it was Mo Morgan's. The one with the stairs. No, that wasn't the one. That one's nice too, but that's not the one I was thinking of. I like the Bill Memes one, the kind of multiple exposure one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's this is a... This is really interesting. The Robert Gruber one with the woman's leg, I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. a woman's leg, mm-hmm. uh, is pretty neat too. Um, yeah. So some really fun stuff. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, all right. So so what do, you, what do you have in mind for next week? This is uh, Okay. So this week, yeah, you, you and I talked about this beforehand. Uh, one of the people that I follow on Instagram went to the, uh, the Alec Soth uh, talk. Uh, let me find it here. Uh, basically, the idea is. Oh gosh, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm sorry. Mm, up oh, there it is. Okay, so I have to read you the setup. Otherwise, you're gonna okay. be like, "What?" Okay, here it is. Okay. Uh, I, oh, oh, he couldn't make it. I'm sorry. So a guy that I follow on Instagram, Augsy is his name. Uh, I couldn't make the tour of the media space, London science museum exhibition with little Brown mushroom, who is Alex South on Instagram. So at little Brown mushroom, if you'd like to follow him, my gathered leaves this week, but I'm taking part in his, my gathered leaves challenge, looking at the absence of something in an image. My absence is the people who unfollowed me for posting almost the same image three times. And this is Alex Soth writing here now. Uh, He he writes, uh, during my photography, I began noticing that incorporating absence into the picture gave more meaning to what was present. For example, the bride without the groom, the man whose face is obscured by the globe, and a man dancing without a partner. Your challenge is to take a photo which conveys the powerful presence of absence. Okay, and there's a contest you can you can uh, you can join by uh, tagging your work hashtag my gathered leaves so he can keep track of your photographs and the winner will be sent a signed copy of the exhibition catalog as well as two tickets to the exhibition. Now, can you read the middle part? You said gave it more meaning. Is that the word, the way he worded it? Yeah. During my photography, I began noticing that incorporating absence into the picture right. gave more meaning to what was present. Okay. Do you think that it actually does give more meaning or do you think it just leaves more unknown so therefore people imbue their own meaning on, on – Well, I, this is personal to him. For him, yeah, it yeah, gave yeah. I'm, I'm asking you what you think um, about that. I haven't spent enough time thinking about the idea of it, but I think it could – uh, 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 maybe an older husband or wife without their partner. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, a, a, it's a cookie sheet with just the the sort of outlines of where the cookies had baked. You know, well, one I, I mean, cookie little, missing because I've eaten it. Right. Uh, yeah, so I, I love the idea of absence. So what do you think, guys? Let's let's try this. Let's go a little Hashtag deeper. Hashtag absence. 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 I can do that. I have an idea. Okay. A hashtag absence. I like it. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, while I do that, you came up with the photographer of the week this week. What's her, uh, what's know, her this, name? This was in uh, this was in 
gosh, what was it? I think it was on Twitter. Okay, so uh, we, we've talked about photograms before. And, yep. and the idea of a photogram, for those of you who don't know, is uh, basically it's, uh, it's setting objects directly on a piece of photographic paper exposing that piece of photo paper to a light source off in the sun and then developing the uh, the paper. And what you're left with uh, is almost like an X-ray. It's a, a solid white shape of where, where the object was blocking the paper and then uh, solid black where it was effectively overexposed. Uh, but if you do semi-transparent objects such as leaves or bits of clothing or something like that, you'll get these sort of varying degrees of of translucency, transparency, and detail. Okay? Yep. Got it. Is that, is that a fair explanation? Uh, yes. I think that's fine. Okay. She's doing it with color, which is – traditionally, a lot of people did them in black and white, right? So they would get these. Right, right. Like that really great – remember that really great um, one that was on the wall somewhere that was like a, a, a bunch of tapes where the tape was all pulled out? Yeah, it was the uh, – Who was that? Uh, it was at the Memory of Time exhibit. Yes, yeah, yeah, cassette yeah. tapes. Yeah, and I've seen a, I've seen the same or similar picture at MoMA, so it must have been going around. Go yeah. ahead. So this woman's name is Tatiana Gulenkina. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that Tatiana right. Tatiana Gulenkina. Gulenkina. Oh, she's Russian. And okay. Tatiana spent four <laughs> years developing this process of making these photograms, and what's what's fascinating is, as Bill said, they're they're a color, but she's putting uh, uh, trays of water over the photo paper, and then putting different things, liquids, solids. Uh, uh, and, and, and letting things sort of evolve over time and making these, these photograms. And they're, they're just fascinating to look at. I very, think. very cool. Uh, yeah, crystalline amazing. structures or, you know, she'll put, uh, uh, leaves or little bits of plant in there and, and let them unroll or unfurl. And it, it's just fascinating work. Uh, and it's it something we, we haven't seen. That it's, that it's not, uh, <sighs> It's along the same visual sort of cue as the as uh, the guy we used a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, um, the 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 uh, mac not macro yeah, micro uh, yeah, yeah, mic- yeah 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 microscope yeah. photographer yeah 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 but it's like you know sort of like this weird abstract stuff that could be photographic or could almost be um, computer based if you mm-hmm. look at it a certain way you know you wouldn't know I'm, I'm wondering how she gets the color because she's using type C paper. Which is color paper, right? Right. So, but what's what's getting? Maybe she's using gelled lights. Uh maybe. Yeah, maybe. and then it, uh, and then it gets inverted theoretically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you see blue, she was probably using red, and vice versa. Right. So, wait, what is she putting over the top of it? She's putting she's putting it in the bottom of liquid, and then shining through the liquid. Apparently, yeah. That's, but then there's uh, got to be something. It almost looks like there's oil sometimes in the liquid too, like stuff that. Right, It'll block sometimes. It'd be interesting to put ice in the middle, mm-hmm. swirl yeah, things it's, it's around. A fascinating body of work. So there are twenty nine pictures in this uh, in this series. It's called "Things Merging and Falling Apart" on her website. Uh, oh, and she is on Instagram. I will follow her. Things merging and oh, she's falling in. Apart. Wait, fine art photography, DC, New York. She's in DC. You should give Conversation. her a call. She's like 12 years old, too. No, she's not that young, but she's like 20-something. Yeah, she says uh, uh, she's yeah. in D.C. It says permanently closed in D.C. Uh, Maryland she? Institute College of Art. She, yeah, she went there, but she graduated a couple of years ago. So I wonder if okay. she stays there or she's moved. Interesting. 
Fascinating. Anyway, so uh, Tatiana Gulenkina. I think that you should definitely check that out. That's interesting stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at uh, her portrait work now. Interesting. Yeah, good stuff. Yep, very, very cool. Uh, you have any anything else you want to add? Mm. No, I'm just reading this article. Uh, in the past, I would use anything from plants and live organisms to springs, ribbons, and cardboard cutouts, she explains. Uh, I'm not trying to portrait a particular object, and I'm obviously not the first one to come up with this concept. In one image, Gulenkina placed a flower in a small tank of water on top of light-sensitive paper, for example, letting the stem unravel. You can sort of see a bud, <clears throat> pardon me, in the middle of the frame with small bubbles around it, she says. Light shining through the water creates beautiful shades. Instead of depicting formal qualities, the images challenge expectations and capture light itself. They bring the viewer's attention to the performative aspects of the creative process. <laughs> There's some serious art school stuff there. <laughs> but it's but the results are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, I think these are the kinds of things where I think if you try to explain it, it actually takes away from it, in my opinion. Like, I, I just I think that I think that people like abstract things where they can see what they want to see in them. You know? I do love how she ends this article on the on the British Journal of Photography. Uh, photography is not necessarily about picturing things anymore. In my case, it's more about the actual process of making It's good stuff. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Anything else you want to add? Uh, hey, just as a reminder, um, next meetup is going to be November 15th. Yep. Here in the district, here in D.C. And I've got an idea, and I want to run this by you and, and you guys as well. Uh, what do you think about – so let's say, for example, we meet at the museum. We check out Penn for like an hour, right? Yep. Yep. And then we hand out – uh, like like little uh, sheets of paper with uh, with little mini assignments, right? Like like a little photo scavenger hunt. Type uh, I thing. was going, to, yeah, okay. And you've got ninety minutes. You got ninety minutes. We meet back in ninety minutes, and however many you get, that's how many you get. And we uh, we go get a meal somewhere or a couple beers or something, and we pass cameras and phones around and see how each other did. I think that could be fun. I mean, it could be a lot of fun. That way we're not walking around as a group getting all the same shots. Yes, so, I agree. So we get together, we hang out, we split up, we go do our thing, and then we get back together again. And uh, Connors, which Connors was it? Was it Chris or John? I need more information. One of the Connors brothers suggested the night before, that Saturday night, so that'll be the 14th, of doing a midnight photo walk around the monuments all lit up, which I am totally in for. All right. Yeah, we could do that. In, in, in. So thank you, whichever. I think it was Chris. I think I, I will have to figure out uh, if I can get down there that weekend. I think I can. Yes. I think I can. I think I can. I've never seen the monuments at night, so I think what? that was fantastic. I have not seen them yet. Oh, man. That's like the best part. Yeah. Yeah. They're way better at night than in the daytime, especially the heard, Lincoln. I have heard tell of this. Uh, okay. Well, then we will Maybe we could bring, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Maybe we could bring a couple speed lights with some gels, too. Maybe I could bring Birdie Burt. At midnight? Sure. He's a trooper. He's he's All five. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so next week we will see you. Hey, send in your questions because uh, we won't have another chance after this week. So 
questions, podcast on takingpictures.com. Send them to Twitter at Bill Wadman at Jeffrey Sidoris or on the group. Uh, anything else you want to say? Oh, three, four, seven, six, eight, seven, 94, 11. Leave us a voicemail. You can leave questions there too. And maybe we'll even stick the voicemail on the show. And I think that's that would it. be fun. Yeah. I think that's it. Right. Yeah. Okay. We yeah. will see you guys next week. Hey, you know what we could do? What? 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 Did you figure out your phone situation? What do you mean my phone situation? For for travel? I'm taking my phone. But you got the whole <laughs> SIM card and everything worked out? Well, I will get them when I get over there, yeah. Uh, maybe we could do a little like Periscope check-in. Uh, okay. Yeah, we could try doing that. I mean, I will you know? probably be uploading pictures to Instagram or Facebook or something. Uh, okay as I go. But I, again, I don't take that many pictures when I travel. Right, so, right. you know, I only take 10 or 15 a day. And what's, what did you decide on cameras? Are you taking your camera? Or are you just taking your phone? Just my phone. Look at you. That's the plan. Look at you. Wow. Uh, okay, cool. Mostly just cause I, it's just, <clears throat> it's the room, you know, having sure. the space to do it. Um, can't you borrow like a little, uh, little X 100 T from someone yeah, or a little, I can, little but like, RX yeah, it's 100 or something. You know, I, you know, it's like I come home and I, I, do, I mean, yes, the pictures from Yosemite, I have a big giant 30 by 48 one on my wall and that kind of stuff. But like walking around Italy, like I make little prints, you know, right. they'll be fine. Uh, uh, and apparently the 4K coming out of the iPhone is superb. Uh, you know, I played with it a little bit on the subway one day and it was pretty grainy because I actually have a 4K display. So I was looking at it in 4K. Mm-hmm. Um if, if you've was, got enough light, you need was, a lot of light. Yeah, it was grainy and smeared, but like if you're doing it outside in the daytime, it would look fantastic, you know? Yeah. Um, I you know, I do want to buy some sort of little phone stabilizer, some little $30 steady oh, like cam a little, kind of thing. like a little mini cam type thing? Sure, sure. Yeah, just so I can like, because it would be interesting to use the phone as an actual video camera, as long as you're stuck with, you're fine with whatever, like, what is it? Like the um, field of view is like a 50 on video, right? Because it kind of cuts yes. in a little bit. There, there is an app called Filmic Pro that I've yep. used that has pretty good stabilization built in. Oh, interesting. And is there one that lets you do not 30 frames a second? I believe uh, Filmic Pro will allow you to do that as well. Okay. You can adjust the, the FPS. Yeah, because the 30 is like, it's fine, but I'd love to shoot slower if I can mm-hmm. for just for messing around. Yep. Um, so anyway, yeah, we will talk about, we can talk about the pre-trip plans uh, next week because it'll be the day yep. before I go. Sounds um, good. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. All right. Bye. Bye. Going on and on the way we are for so long. To any fool, it's plain to see something's wrong. As this way, say what you want to say. the way